normal then this is not the show for you please go somewhere else this is wyrd if it's getting weird it's got to be the weird mountain gals show you're listening to byron and alicia the weird mountain gals probably a maid i don't know if they would have been butler people but she certainly would have had a housekeeper or a maid that would have opened the door i I think always liked her because she kind of reminded (laughs) me of a i don't know poodle (laughs) (laughs) but but, but a kind-hearted one she was kind-hearted i love it she reminded me of a poodle yeah i have known people that reminded me of different kinds of dogs that makes sense she had this look in her eyes sometimes that was kind of 
poodleish is what I would think. Um, <laughs> this is Kirsten Hal the Third. Yes, loving, loving. <laughs> yes, yes. Y'all, I wish you could see. We have been sitting here chatting for a little while, not talking, not having a pre-show, as a matter of fact, but just chatting. And I've been uh, rolling up uh, hanks of yarn into balls, and it just looks like a knitting. I don't know a, a knitting orgy. <laughs> all these all these beautiful balls, and yeah. I'm telling you, I have to thank for this, Ms. Ilsa. Oh yeah, you know she's gotten the COVID again. Has she? Oh, Ilsa, honey. Yeah, she keeps, keeps going down out to damn Walmart. She just needs to stay home for five damn minutes. Mm. Ilsa, stay home for five minutes. <laughs> she's always always on the go, and that she means, is. Yeah. She is a go getter. That girl. They they sound they sound like they're doing okay though. Did you I talk called, to her? How's she I feeling? To check in. Yeah, I did. I called to check in. Yeah. I I really didn't talk long. I just said, just want to make sure you're doing okay. And she sounded like they were doing okay. She said Jay had a migraine because he oh. can't take his migraine medicine because of the type of uh, uh, COVID medicine that they're taking, which I think is Paxlovid. Oh. Uh, that's interesting because a friend of mine got COVID. It's been a couple weeks ago, I guess. And she was trying to get a telehealth visit with her doctor. And she couldn't do Paxlovid because she's on some other kind of medication. Like a beta blocker or something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and she couldn't do it. But they gave her something else that worked pretty good. I mean, what happened is she just wore herself out mm. helping another friend of ours move. Mm -hmm. And then she got... You know, that happens. We we go and go and go. We wear ourselves down and our immune system just can't kick it off. Right. Right. That's exactly what happens. So what I was thinking. But it's very hard to 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 be a grown up in 2024 and put yourself in a lower gear intentionally. You well, know, when you say to get busier. Well, and when you see stuff that needs to be done and you are the logical person to do it, but I, I learned so many things from my mother not being very good at being a mother. But one of the things I also learned from her that she said all the time, she said, it's quicker for me to do it than to teach you how to do it. Mm. And so that whole attitude is one that I think a lot of us fall into. It's just, it's quicker for me to do it than to try to instruct you. But taking that extra bit of time to instruct somebody in that thing mm -hmm. will ultimately pay off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it will. Um, because then there'll be another person who knows that. Now, that person may not help you with it, right. but that person will know it. And I think that's valuable. It is valuable. I, I, I was lucky. I mean, mom was in school to go to to be a teacher when she had me and so uh -huh. she, she enjoyed the teaching process I think I mean she certainly treated it then she changed her careers you know to go into medicine and I remember her uh I remember that she would approach things like she was teaching a class oh how and, nice yeah I remember sitting there and being taught how to how to set a table with like silverware plates this is this goes here and this goes here and this goes here and honestly never used it ever 
We've never used the table. <laughs> but, but I can tell you how you're supposed to set the table, you know, but, and it was the same with languages and reading and stuff like that. And she, she was pretty much into that subject. And so I was lucky. I, that. I was, it was. Yeah. My grandmother taught me all that. Did you she? know, where the silverware goes and all that stuff. And I use that a lot. You know, I have, I have dinners every once in a while. Yes, you do. And uh, uh, I need, I like to know where that extra dessert spoon goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not as important as I thought it would be. When I was a kid, <laughs> I thought that stuff would be really important. And now that I'm older, I do not. And it's the same. There's a lot of stuff like that, like China. And I don't mean the country. I mean the pottery, <laughs> the stuff you eat and drink with. <laughs> Always. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, I gotta tell you a story. Okay. So my daughter inherited from her grandmother, which is Joe's mother. Okay. She inherited this really uh I think they would refer to it as mid-century retro set of dishes. Oh. And they are a very pale mint green. Oh. And they've got like silver and gold and a little kind of Asian oriental style flower and they really i mean it's really beautiful it probably was i can't call the name of it right now but it was probably i would think really popular in the 50s and 60s and so she got this pretty good set of it and that's her good china so my daughter has a good china well i saw that same pattern at a thrift store that i go to a lot and i sent her um some pictures and i said is this your china service and it took her a day or so. And then finally she said, yes, yes, that's my service. And I said, well, there's a bunch of pieces out here. And I think I'm just going to buy them up and bring them to you. So you've got, you know, some more pieces. Mm -hmm. Well, turns out I bought her the exact same set she already has. Oh. So I just doubled up the cups and saucers. And it wasn't anything particularly new. And and by golly, it wasn't cheap either. Mm -hmm. but was it Noritake? No, I don't think it was. I don't think it was a Noritake. And I, I remembered when I was, you know, involved with it. Or N-I-P-P-O-N, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember if it was. I don't know. I can look it up. And we can put it on the, web, on the Facebook page if we want to. There's but that young and now has like a service for <laughs> 16 or something. 12. Wow. Service for 12. That's and she she ain't got a big enough house to have a dinner party for twelve people. <laughs> but you know uh, what? She she's got a house big enough to have a dinner party for eight, and then she's got replacements for everything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's it's funny to me because um um I've got a good friend who was going through sort of that ancestral stuff, mm -hmm. and she had a set of china. That was her grandmother's or maybe her great-grandmother's wedding china from the 1920s. Mm. And it wasn't a complete a set, but, I mean, it, it was enough, you know. It was probably a good service for six, maybe. She And she posted it on, on Facebook, and she said, you know, nobody wants china anymore. And, I, you know, I could sell it, I guess, but I wouldn't get much for it. So if anybody would like to have... And she had another, like one of her mother's old sets and something else. And I said, are you telling me that that set of China is from the 20s, the 1920s? And she said, well, yeah. 
And I said, well, if it's going begging, I'm coming for it. <laughs> and so I got that for my daughter, too. So she's got her everyday china. She's got some antique china. <laughs> and she's got her good china. And this young is 32 years old. She's wow. got more china than she will ever in her life use. Well, that's the thing. Most people don't anymore. Oh, I stopped because you were talking. Oh, I see how I had it. We're both looking at each other like, huh? What? <laughs> I was looking at the computer screen because I was <laughs> trying to find the China, uh, China pattern that you had described. But yeah. <laughs> and then I just stopped talking. Yeah. Well, I, and I mean, that, there are so many. Boy, once I open this can of worms, I don't even know what's going to happen. But having beautiful china, which is really inexpensive to get at any thrift store, any thrift store. Is, is beautiful. It is beautiful to sit down, even if it's just you and your partner. It's well, been a long you. day at work. But even if it's just you or you and your cat, even if it's just you and the cat and the dog and whoever and the cat dog, <laughs> it is worth it to sit down and eat your meal of a beautiful piece of china. Yeah. Instead of, oh, I'm just going to, I'll use paper plates. Well, number one, you shouldn't use paper plates because it's a huge waste of resources. Number two, food tastes better off china. And that's just the truth of it. And you will. Enjoy your food more. I know, listen to me pontificating about this. You uh, will enjoy your food more if you sit down with your food on a pretty plate and a fork and maybe even a cloth napkin. Oh, my God, a cloth damn napkin. Don't pull a towel, a paper towel off the thing in the kitchen and sit down to eat with it. Get yourself, again, a cloth napkin is something you can get at the thrift store. It ain't going to cost you. I mean, they are regularly four for a dollar at the thrift store. And then you just throw them in with your laundry. It ain't rocket science. That's right. Well, it's true. Food tastes better. It looks better. And you feel like you're doing something nice for yourself. I'm yes. the worst person for saying, oh, I'll just put it on a paper plate. Or, oh, I'll, and and I was thinking about this not too long ago. I love sandwiches and stuff, and I often will eat a sandwich for my meal. But, you know, it's just as fast to cook stuff just about. And it I is. tried really hard the last month or so to to have a meal that is a actual, here's some time, and I'm going to allot it to the meal so that I, so that I have time to to get it ready and time to eat it and time to clean up afterwards. And I'm not mixing that up with two other things or three other things. And yeah. boy, does that feel like luxury? Yes, it does. It does. It doesn't matter if I'm just eating mac and cheese. If, if, if I'm doing that, I make a, a thing out of it, you know, and, and it just feels like I'm treating myself to something. And it feels like you're actually living, that you're alive in the world. Mm -hmm. And I made a meal and I'm going to sit down and eat it in company or without company. Right. That's exactly right. And well, I guess what I'm talking about is slow, slow living, which makes sense after 2023 when everything was super fast for me, that I want to kind of luxuriate in 
rolling up these balls of yarn so I can knit them up and luxuriating in, oh, I made some yummy coffee this morning. I'm going to have another cup of that and just sit down and have a cup of coffee instead of putting it in a spill-proof mug so I can wander around the house and get the laundry done while I'm drinking my coffee. Why don't you just sit your glad ass down for 10 damn minutes and act like, act like you act like what you are, which is not the most important person in the world. You know, I ain't a heart surgeon. I'm just a writer and a gardener and a witch. That's all. That's all. So I, I can take time. Ain't nobody going to die because I decided to sit down and have my coffee. I wonder how much of that attitude of that, that I have of I need to stay busy. I need to stay busy. I must stay busy. It's like, why do I feel that way? And I'm not the only one. A lot of no. people. A lot of people. Well, and you and I have talked about this before. I, I discovered for myself only. I don't know if this is true with anybody else, but because I have, from the time I was a toddler, I have always been a fat person. And because of that, I can... I realized, actually not too long ago, I realized that because of that, I cannot ever be seen to be lazy. In my, in my head, uh, for years, and I'm sure that I absorbed this from the culture, if you are fat, you are believed to be lazy. So I had to prove that I wasn't a lazy fat person. I was just a fat person. And that I think that's one reason I keep busy all the time because because I'm fat and if I'm busy you can forgive me for being fat can't you well the and that's just, that is just right sorry crows 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 oh it's true though well what is it that we're taught about idle hands oh yeah 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 it's just something that we are raised up I say we I mean a lot of people I don't know specifically but we were raised up to think that you need to be busy and do things and, and not be lazy. And I remember being told that uh, by a parent that they didn't want me to grow up to, to be like that other group of, of family sitting around on the porch, making music all the time. Ooh. Which, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did that go? How'd that wish turn out? <laughs> well, that it ended up with you walking between both those worlds. Um, yeah, well, that has that a lot of that is expectations from the other side. And how, yeah. do we, how do we deal with it? Do we do we deal with it? Uh, but there's a lot of expectations. I know that I've got a family that's super involved in each other's lives. And they want to know how it's going. And they want to know how the doctor visit go. And they want to know how that dress fit. And you know, how'd that recipe turn out? And they're super involved with each other's lives and, and they'll call each other and be friends with each other. And, and, you know, that's the way this family operates. That's cool. That's fine. But there's a lot of times that it's too much. It's just too much because along with that involvement in the life comes a set of expectations too. Yes, ma'am. Parents always have expectations for their kids. Well, kids also have expectations for their siblings and for their parents 
and mm -hmm. four cousins. And the next thing you know, you have a situation where you're one person and you're not sure what to say because you're in the room with maybe this this family member and this other family member, and they all have different expectations. They all, yeah. you know, so you just, that kind of thing, it's just too much. It's too much. Uh, it just really is. But I prefer less involvement uh, and and more good quality time, you see. I also uh -huh. have family that I also have family that'll call and say, well, be careful in the weather's looking bad and be careful when you're driving, but then they won't call you 50 times afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> are you being careful? Are you sure you're being careful? Because other you, people are not going to be careful. <laughs> did you wear a warm coat today? <laughs> yeah. And my family's not like that and never has been as far as I, I know. Because I don't have a big family. It was just me and my brother. Yeah. And um, so it, there's not a lot of, I mean, there are some cousins, but not a huge amount of cousins. And because my father had a whole bunch of sisters. So I got a bunch of cousins there, but I don't really know them very much because my dad, my dad had some sort of conflict with his mother about his grandmother God, in the 1940s or 50s, probably. Okay. And so when we visited relatives, we visited the relatives on my mother's side. So I didn't know my Ballard relatives. I still don't know my Ballard relatives very well. Periodically, one of them will show up and I'll go, oh, so you are Aunt so-and-so's grandchild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting because I don't have I don't have a big family and I. I think of myself as not having a whole lot of family. And we just, like my my grandma, my father's mother died when I was away in Texas in grad school. And they didn't tell me. And I came home from grad school for the summer and I said, well, I guess I ought to go visit Granny Ballard. And they said, well, I'll tell you where she's buried. And I was oh like, what? Oh my gosh. So they didn't tell me that. They didn't tell me when my brother got married and I believe today is my brother and sister-in-law's anniversary. Wow. Didn't tell me that they got married. They, they didn't tell me nothing. I mean, my sister-in-law did send me a message a uh, week before last, I guess, that my brother was going to be having bypass surgery. So that wow. was, you know, I was glad to hear that. And I could send him a get well card and kind of stay on top of that. But then, you know, he went home. Not only did he get out of ICU into a regular room, he went home. Nobody told me. I said, so how's he doing? When's he going to get to go home? Oh, he's been home for three days. Oh, all right. I mean, they don't, don't tell me nothing. But again, that particular leg of the family, we, we disagree politically, religiously. We disagree in all ways. And so being with them if we are all being good it's okay if we ain't talking about none of that it's okay but we are a volatile redneck family and you know there's stuff we're gonna talk about and then we're gonna yell about it and then somebody's gonna go off in a huff oh i thought you were saying and then we're gonna throw something <laughs> and then we're gonna throw hands throw the hands gonna go. <laughs> now we're too old for all that stuff now yeah, 
that I think happens? so. Yeah. So that's you and I are the extremes, the family that's just too involved. And then the family is like not involved at all. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I appreciate a lot of it. And, and one thing that it did do for me is I've never had a problem with confidence it feels like oh yeah. yeah I've always known that you know people people worry about well who am I and there are people who have confidence problems because they don't really have a sense of identity yeah and they don't seem to fit in anywhere and I don't really fit in anywhere but I but then again I do you know I I, I know I know who I am and I know who my family is yeah and, and that makes a difference I, I can I say it does. Yeah, it does. It does. So I've often wondered how I would feel if I was, uh, you know, a person who grew up and, and knew that I was adopted or grew up without any family figure, you know, maybe in a system. How would that feel? I just, I don't know. I do not yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But on the other hand, it might be a big family, but it's, I think we've been described as stoic. We're oh well that I guess I guess that's not bad I don't know <laughs> that that is not my family would never have been described that way as stoic yeah we're we're pretty volatile <laughs> just, okay. isn't that weird and just pretty much opposite families yeah really well that's because we're we've got enough of our families, but not all of our family stuff. Some yeah. of it we just went, I ain't doing that. Mm -hmm. I ain't being that person. That was exactly right. That's it. Well, sp uh, speaking of, so I took a drive around West Asheville the other day. Yeah. Just kind of wanted to see how the neighborhoods looked. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I have never seen a suburbs that were just so packed. I mean, they're more packed than Atlanta. They're more packed than they're just every little tiny space has has got a brand new home on it. That yeah, the developers trying to make it look like it fits in the neighborhood though. And well, that's good. I mean, nobody bothers to do that in my neighborhood. They just put in those weird little uh, I call them cracker box houses. It's like a cracker box on its end. It's that scary. don't have anything to do with the history of the neighborhood, but nobody cares about that anyway. But it, me, those homes are odd looking. I know what you're talking about. They're all squares. They don't really have a lot of personality. No, know? and they often have corrugated tin yeah, as part of the their theme. On the side, and I'm telling you, there is a section of my neighborhood. If you drive up that hill, and towards the end of the day in the rain, it just looks exactly like. A slum out of Argentina. Wow. It looks like a favela. That's it just is hideous looking. Gray and rusty red and a little bit of brown. And I just think uh my taste is very different than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least when we were growing up around here, the homes had distinct personalities. Every yes. house was a little bit different. Than yeah. the other house, or just you know, but that doesn't exist anymore anywhere, as far as I know. No, no. So houses are just houses. I mean, damn! Even the Jim Walters homes used to have a little more personality. Jim Walter home. I haven't thought of Jim Walter homes in a long time. 
Uh, do they still exist? I think so. Well, and I think about those houses that you could buy the plans out of the Sears Roebuck catalog. Remember those? Some of yeah. those were beautiful houses. You mean like the cottage, like your cottage? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Jim Walter Holmes. Yeah, they're just they lovely. Got, yeah, they, they are. It says, um, we own a two-bedroom Jim Walter home from the 70s. The original owners chose to have it on stilts, blah, 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 blah. Now, here's a person who wrote, he built a whole website trying to figure out what happened to the Jim Walter homes. Do they not make them anymore? I don't think so. Huh. Buy a Sears home book now. There's a book called The Homes That Sears Built. Jim Walter home. Yeah, I don't know. That's too bad, isn't it? Huh. So I can just see you now when you're Jim Walter home cooking your soup. Are you cooking soup this week? I heard you say. Ah uh, ha ha. The soup is done. And what what kind of soup is it? I did soup last night or yesterday. I boiled up the bone from the Christmas ham. Uh -huh. Boiled that up and brothed it down pretty pretty steadily and uh, made some vegetable, excuse me, vegetable soup yesterday. We had that for lunch today. It was uh, delicious. That sounds delicious. And we've got enough for at least one more meal, which we may have tonight. We may have soup again tonight. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I did that. It was good. I love to take a big old bone from a roast and turn that into soup. I love to, I even love to get those, Um, you know, you get the roasted chickens at the store. I love to get those and, uh, and you know, have a, good, a couple good meals off of them and then strip as much of the meat off and boil down those bones. Mm -hmm. I tell you, you know what? I am thinking really hard. I've got some gift cards that I've been saving. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking really hard about buying one of those all-in-one cookers, you know, like air fryers that will do oh, uh -huh. because, and one of the reasons for that is because they, ha they have their own spits. So you can. Oh, yeah. So you can do chicken things. Yeah. yeah. But I'm telling you, you can't buy a whole chicken. For the price you pay for a chicken that's that a rotisserie chicken at the grocery store. No, because you buy a whole chicken and it's gonna cost you almost ten dollars. At least, yeah. And then you gotta the cook it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You gotta cook it then. Whereas you can go get a rotisserie one that's already cooked and a lot of them will come already, you know, flavored up somehow. Lemon yeah. or whatever. Lemon pepper. Oh, I love that. Like seven bucks or something. Well, them. and sometimes, you know, the like the Ingles or whatever will have them on sale. Four ninety five for a whole chicken. Oh, I know. And then and it's no, it's not an organic chicken. And no, it has not been treated in an organic and healthy way. All of that is true. But I bet you can get I bet they do organic chickens at like Earth Fair and Whole Foods. I, I bet they have rotisserie chickens. No, I really don't know. That's a good question. I should go check, but yeah, no, you can definitely do that with with Ingles uh, every single day. Bilo's, I don't know, but I think Bilo's gone. Where are you gonna get it at a Bilo? Well, I don't know. I don't, that's why I said I don't know. Um, 
fresh market i've never seen one um yes. i don't i don't think i have a fresh market but that i don't mean nothing i don't go there i don't shop there on the regular as they say so hey speaking of are you going to come out to hooterville and go to that uh butcher butcher's place with me yeah sometime you just let me know you tell me well i'm gonna wait till weather's a little bit warmer yeah. i mean no offense intended, but I don't go out scooter pooping around in 22 degree weather if I can help it. Know it. The other day when I woke up, it was in the 20s and that was the high temperature for the day. Yeah, it was in the right. 30s, but that was the high right. temperature for the day. And I thought, where am I? <laughs> not my beautiful family. This is not my beautiful home. <laughs> well, we, you know, we do our grocery store run on Wednesday. And on Tuesday, it was so cold. That was when it really hit here. And I thought, I've got less than a quarter tank of gas. I need to just suck it up and buy some gas today on Tuesday. And it was so cold, I just went, no, no, no. Because I got this weird thing, and I'm sure it's something my daddy instilled in me, that if the weather is bad, you need to make sure you got a full tank of gas. And I don't know if that's so you can outrun a hurricane. I don't know what the logic is but it's ingrained in my head. Me too. <clears throat> so yesterday we did all our grocery store stuff and then we came home. We used Joe's car for that. And it was so sunny and it was not windy. And it was about 24, 28 degrees, something like that. And I went, I'm going to go fill my tank up with gas. And Joe looked at me like, well, uh, okay, uh. whatever. And I went to a gas station where I got to stand in the sun to pump my gas. And it was very pleasant. It wasn't windy. I mean, it was cold, but I had on a coat. So it was it was fine. But now I got a full tank of gas. My daddy will not halt me if the weather gets bad. And and I'll hear his his scary ghost voice saying, I told you always to fill your tank up when the weather's gonna get bad. Did you not listen to me? We, no, Daddy. Once we, again, Daddy, I did not listen to you. I get it. I mean, it was ingrained in us too. And I don't know why. I always just assumed it was so if we needed to go out and run the heater to get warm or something. I guess. I, guess. I, guess. I mean, and we also, we backed our cars into the driveway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, and why again, I don't know. Usually I had to work. If it was going to snow, I would have to like camp out at work. And so it just wasn't a thing for me. But I don't know. well, but that was okay because you worked in hotels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you could camp out in a comfy place. <laughs> Supposedly. And I and then when I worked <laughs> in the web office, it was my it was my company. So I made sure that I had comfortable things there. I had one yeah. of the, do you remember those S loungers from the 60s? Where the lounge, it was like, like that kind of a shape. Oh uh, yeah, sort of. I had one of those. I don't. Oh, know nice, nice. It, yeah, it get it got cold, and it's gonna stay cold for a little bit. You, well, and that's okay. It is January. It's January. Yeah. So we get um, we get spoiled sometimes with the not having much of a winter. That's true. But we didn't, we did not get snow because that, remember that old wives tale? 
if you hear thunder in winter, seven days till snow, mm -hmm. and we heard thunder about what was it, nine days ago, I guess, and we didn't get no snow here. They got plenty in Tennessee. Well, yeah, because we were uh, we were on the podcast talking about it, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm looking now. I said something about that chair. That yeah, chair. So while I'm talking, I'm just la 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 getting on the internet, looking this stuff up. Here is my chair used for $3,495. Oh, my gosh. I just thought it was a, a cool-looking chair. I didn't realize it was a valuable chair. <laughs> Makes oh, you wonder how many people just threw those out or sent them over to the oh, Salvation yeah. Army. Listen, I think that this chair actually came with the decor of a trailer that one oh. of my relatives bought back in the way back in the 60s back in the day I'm, I'm pretty sure about it um and it just the chair had not really ever been used and and it i remember it had like a cover over it because it had never really been set in much and i saw it and i thought this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It was avocado green. <laughs> it was wide. It was about as wide as a twin bed is. And uh, and it was soft. And I remember thinking, this is so much nicer than a regular office chair. I'm just going to, I've got room. I'm just going to put it right here. And <laughs> that's where I would sleep if the weather was bad. <laughs> well, I can remember family members and neighbors moving out of their little, you know, tar paper shack, whatever little terrible house they were living in, and getting a brand new trailer. And back in those days, it was a brand new single wide trailer, mm -hmm. but it often had lot came furnished, I and there was, it. and some of them came with like curtains and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just remember stepping into somebody's, and I can't remember whose it was right now. And just thinking how beautiful it was. What a beautiful little house to live in. It's, uh, we lived in a little rented trailer when I was very, very, very young. And the, the only thing I really remember about it, other than the basic layout, is I remember that in the kitchen, uh, up on the wall, there was this, I don't know what you would call it, display. And it had wax grapes. Ah! <laughs> of course it did of course it did do you remember those i do i do my grandmother had a it was a like carnival glass uh compote thing on a on a foot yeah. and it was full of wax fruit carnival. and it was on top on top of her tv stereo radio oh. combo thing you know, it looks like a yes. piece of furniture. Yes, I remember that look too. I don't think we had a. I I think we just had the thing on the on the wall there. But I remember seeing that in other people's houses. And uh, do you remember if you were in a really cool house? Not only would it have the big stereo record player radio thing that you were talking about, it would sit on the floor, but it would come up about three feet ashtray oh yes big elaborate things back then and sometimes they would have a like a built-in place for a fancy lighter yes and that so was and 
and uh, you know and back in the day on the in the on the coffee table would be a lighter and a little box of cigarettes and some pla- and some wax fruit maybe <laughs> you never know maybe wax fruit well, let's hope not but it was somehow the word butler was had it was called a something like an floor butler or iron butler or something like that as well <laughs> and those were they they were works of art so oh my gosh yeah i remember seeing the most horrifying colors imaginable yeah yeah banana yellow and or excuse me harvest gold harvest gold and avocado yeah and burnt orange and burnt orange (laughs) (laughs) i'm looking looking on the internet at all of these and you know they still make them brand new they're not as cool looking but they do still make them what the standing ashtray yeah no yes they do you can buy they, them brand they still make them yep that's crazy that is crazy so did you have like one piece of what or have you ever thought of it is there one decorating thing from the 60s or 70s that you would bring back well, you got to remember in the 60s and at least half of the 70s, I lived in uh, a fairly squalid conditions. Okay. So I wouldn't bring back any of that crap. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. How about you? I don't know. I like the general, I like the 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 curves of the decorating in the 60s and 70s. You know, mm. like the big yeah. flower kind of designs that would pop up here and there. Oh, yeah, like op art, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, and but I don't know of any one decorating thing or one one item for sure. And I, honestly, I I didn't mind the color schemes. I don't mind burnt orange and avocado. I don't know because uh, those are great colors for you as a redhead. I guess. I I they guess are. that's what it is. Yeah, I, I'll wear them, not think twice about it. So, yeah, I guess. I like uh, I like the, the clothing style from back then. I like hip huggers and bell bottoms, and I really like bell bottom pants. Me too, but, I, you know, I, I never could afford anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and back then there weren't a lot of thrift stores that you could go to to get them secondhand or used. We go to yard. Yeah, I wore. I remember in the seventies, I wore a lot of polyester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I had jeans for sure, but again, as a fat person, it was hard to find jeans that would fit me, that yeah. would fit the right way, because I had a small waist and really big hips, uh-huh. and it was really it was hard to find jeans for that, because if I got the jeans that would fit my hips then they were miles too big for my waist and I'd have to, I was like Jethro Bodine trying to kind of hold all that stuff in with a belt or whatever. And sometimes I would sew them, sew seams in the back. That mm-hmm. helped a little bit, but they never fit. They never fit well. I, I, pitiful, I know, pitiful. No, no, no. I, I know that we would go to yard sales occasionally, but I was in a good place because as the girl, there were no other girls in the family except, you know, in my yeah. generation at all. And 
but they they used to sew a lot of my clothes and I didn't of course I, I, I couldn't wear denim I wasn't I could not wear denim until I oh, was that's right yeah and so I, I had a lot of clothes that were like groovy 60s patterns and stuff oh Just, nice you know, nice aunt would make or whatever and it'd have the big wide ass head headband that would match it or something yes I think I look like a little old lady sometimes the way that I would dress <laughs> and, and the way that here I, I mean seriously <laughs> I saved a photo yesterday I ran across this picture of me at and I saved it specifically thinking oh, I got to show Byron that because you would laugh let me see if it's on this device No, it's not. This device is full of pictures of cat dogs, so never mind. Oh, well, cat dog is cute. He's a miss. He's, this is how he spent the last little while with it being so cold. Let's see if I can make this happen. Can you see that at all? I do. <laughs> no wonder. Yeah. that's. He looks very cozy. He was very cozy on the floor in front of the heater. But uh, anyway, any, I don't even know how we got on this. I, we just wandered down memory lane. We did. You're yeah, right. I mean, Jim Walter Holmes, um, trailers, all of that for a lot of people in Appalachia and I guess in the South in general. That was the step up from living in a little uh, drafty or log cabin or a drafty little tar paper shack and that was the next step up uh, it, it had a big stigma though well of course but i mean you know we already had the stigma of being dirt poor without a toilet that flushed yeah that's true that's true well i remember that there's a gal who did a porno in the 70s called deep throat uh-huh deep throat i call it a porno but it was actually it had a rating of r and oh so did it really i, I huh. recently saw a photograph of the terrace movie theater or what was the one up there near brindles on tunnel road that, yeah that was the terrace wasn't it yeah i guess yeah. and it had it had the marquee was talking about the uh deep throat now showing oh <laughs> My point in even telling you that was uh, Linda Lovelace, who was the star of that show, she wrote a book and I read I read the book and in it she described North Carolina. She had to take a flight somewhere and somehow she had something to do with North Carolina and she described it as a land, the land of trailer parks, the land of trailer parks. And I thought, yeah, yeah it, it was a land of trailer parks for a while. It really was. Well, and now those trailer parks where you own your trailer, but you don't own the land underneath it, there are people that are just selling selling that out from under the people that have lived there for decades. Happens all the time. It happens all the time. And if you've got a 30-year-old trailer that's been stationary all that time, you can't really just take the foundation away and pump up the tires and move it. Legally, you can't move it. You can't do that legally. So what are those people going to do? They get stuck. They usually abandon them. Yeah. yeah. Or end up giving them to somebody to haul away. 
Yeah, exactly. As far as I know, it there is no way around that. If you're and and yeah, the people who own these trailer parks are just selling them. Because think about it, if you own a trailer park and it's got thirty spots on it, okay, and if yeah. if you're charging five hundred dollars a month for those thirty spots, it's fifteen thousand dollars, right, a month. Yeah, sounds like a lot of money. It is. It's $180,000 a year in income, less your expenses on it. Right. So for a 30 person trailer park, you're going to have to pay a salary to somebody. And you're going to have to pay all your property taxes, a special kind of insurance so that you can have tenants. You're going to have to have the thing plumbed for these 30 spaces and all of this other stuff. So you're not going to make. You're not going to make 180000 a year on it. and if Well, somebody, except you're not you're not plumbing it every year. You're not right. setting it up every year. That's a one-time cost. It is until something's gone wrong with this trailer over here, and then you have to take a valve for half right. a part and change it. But if let's say, let's just say you get to keep all your money that you make on it, and you're making 180000 a year on lot rent. And then Mr. Businessman offers you a couple of million dollars. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to say, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. Because these places like trailer parks, they're a pain in the butt for whoever owns them and runs them. You know? Of course they are. But they are also a big money maker, or people wouldn't do it. They're, they're steady income. Yeah, but they are, and which, which means a lot to some people. But nowadays you can get rich quick. So that's right. That's right. City income, right? Well, and if you've got three of those 30, 30 person yeah. things, right. then you hire one person who takes care of all, all 90. Wow. You, you, you hire one person who goes from check, 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 fix, fix, fix. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, they do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, I'm, it's a hard thing. And, it, and it's also hard. You know, when somebody sells their 50 acres of cow pasture and they've just been running cows, their daddy ran cows there, their granddaddy ran cows, and then some damn developer from Florida comes in and goes, well, let me tell you what we can do with this. Well, do I have the right to judge them because they decided that they were just done? I don't. I don't know that I do. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know that I don't know that I would sell out because, you know, me, I'm so land hungry all the time. But but I might. I mean, if if this is grandpa's farm and grandpa died and then grandma head on he, he, held on for a little while and then grandma had to go to the nursing home. And I live in Atlanta and this land is up in Burnsville somewhere. I don't want to have to run back and forth from my law practice in Atlanta to take care of this damn thing i'm gonna i'm gonna try to get top dollar for it and leave it be yeah i mean that's i'm supremely aware when you and i are griping about this stuff that we are not the only people going through it and it's been no, we're not we're not forever as far as i know people have always been griping about this from their area but yeah yeah so i'm aware I'm aware. Yeah, we're aware. We ain't we ain't the Lone Ranger. We know that. Yeah. Gosh, I'm looking out the window right now, Alicia, and it has clabbered up out there. 
Wow. We're having yet another weather warn day because something might fall from the sky. Well, when did they start calling it that? I don't know. When did they start naming snowstorms and rainstorms? I don't know. Uh, it's just crazy. I think we're a bunch of wimps. I can't uh, wimps and stooges. Yeah. We're being trained by um, the media as to what to call a bad uh, cold weather or rainy weather. Now we call them yeah. it's weather warm day, you know. <laughs> right. Instead of just saying, well, it's January. Sometimes January, I don't know, roads might get slick in the morning. Be careful. Yeah. Now we're going to have, yeah. it, today it's getting up to 48, I guess. But what? Then they're thinking, yeah, I think it is. This is the pick day of the week. Tomorrow, the high is going to be 34 degrees. Saturday, yeah. the high is going to be 18 degrees. Yes, ma'am. It's going to be cold. Yeah, that's going to be let your sink drip. <laughs> Open, yes. up, open up the cabinet underneath the faucets and make sure that and, and turn your heat up just a little bit <laughs> yeah i was uh they they filled up the oil tanks down down at the cottage mm -hmm. and i was so glad because it's going to be cold and i just went in there and cranked that little heater up yeah. it's like because i know it's full i know it's filled up boy i was i was talking about that place last night um because you know we got the the new musicians in the band and we were doing one of these group things and i was saying you've got to see this place it's got the best porch ever for playing music <laughs> it really does yeah it does one of these times when the weather gets a little bit busier i'm gonna call you up and say hey byron can we go over there and yeah fill the refrigerator up with beer would you because we want to do some music that'd be great i would love that we'll have to come over and join us it it's the we sound better than we ever have we sound different than we ever have We're i'm not, so glad it's, we've been working our tail ends off uh trying to get this album ready and i'm i'm when it comes out i'm going to be so glad because, because i've i've played those songs i've been doing those songs for a number of years now but never so often yeah, and it's like we're That's working great. every little phrase, every little, every little, every little, every little. Because fortunately for me, Selby's a perfectionist about stuff. Yeah. And, and well, and he should be. He's a he's a brilliant musician. He is. Don't tell him I said that though, because then he'll get the big head. All right. I won't I'll tell him that that somebody said it. <laughs> <laughs> but our, our new drummer, Mr. Ballard, is his name. Oh, yeah. where's Mr. Ballard from? I'm not sure. <laughs> I think he hails from, well, I don't know. I, I know that he moved here from Virginia. Oh, he well, he may not be one of my Ballards. He may be a different Ballard. I, I, I don't know where he's from. And then, of course, we've got a new guitarist as well. And they both like rock and roll. And so some of those old country songs that we've been playing have been sped up a little bit. And we've added wow. little guitar solos and stuff like that to them. Um, they've been rock and rollified. Yep, they've been rock and rollified. I'll send you a link. Soon Do it. Can. I'd love it. I'm excited about your album. We we're excited too. So. Where where are you recording it yet? Mm -mm. Well, mm -hmm. we we have we had it almost finished, and then we met 
these two guys and uh. you know, what we are doing now is we've kind of backed away some in order for them to be able to learn these songs and learn them well and sure. when, we, when we go in and practice we're not all over the place because as a as a band before these two guys we had about a hundred or so songs that we were comfortable just bringing out we were always trying That's to a lot them. yeah it is um but now with these guys, we're pretty much focused on these 10 songs, 10 songs, 10 songs, 10 songs over and over again. So, uh, and I, I told Selby, I said, what do you think we ought to call this album? And he hadn't thought, he hadn't even thought about it. Yes, we should call it Dave's Not Here in honor of Cheech and Chong. And, and <laughs> they did a little bit called Dave's, and hey, Dave's Not Here. That's Dave's Not Here, man. <laughs> I call it Dave's not here. But I mean, y'all, y'all are the current residents. It ought, shouldn't it have something to do with junk mail, or I don't know. Yes, you'll we, figure it out. You'll figure out what is just the perfect thing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm so not. That's the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. That. But it's not. And the fun stuff was it for me. The fun stuff is practicing too. I love to practice. Yeah. Never get tired yeah. of it ever. When you were in theater, did you enjoy practice? Rehearsing, Rehearsing yeah. yeah. I, I like rehearsal, but performance is a whole different kind of energy, and I like that a lot, too. Yeah, me too. I, I, me too, for sure. Well, listen, Miss Byron, I know you've got to get some supper ready. I've got to get some supper ready. You've got most of your done, though, don't you? Yeah, we're just going to have some soup. I might, uh, I've got a loaf of nice taken baked bread in the freezer. I may do that. Hmm. To go with the soup, so we got a little, a little something else to it. That sounds, but yeah, that sounds pretty. So good. it's been good talking to you. Yeah, it's been good talking to you too. Take care of yourself. Yeah, you too. And weirdlings, y'all, please take care of yourself too, because you're too many of you are getting sick. Too many of you are working too hard. Too many of you are up to your hoo hoo and snow and ice. Yeah, lousy. Up to your hoo-hoo and ha-ha. And ha <laughs> Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and All right, y'all be good. Y'all be good. And I'll, you too, and I'll see you soon. All right, have some behaviors. Tell your mom I said hi. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals.